Buckle up, excellence junkies, because this podcast is definitely for you. Welcome to Rocket Fuel. Do you wish that you could surround yourself with people that love to kick ass just like you? Well, come to my party, baby, and meet some of the brightest stars in the entrepreneurial galaxy because it is my mission to give these entrepreneurs a platform to declare what they are on this planet to accomplish and to show you why they are rocket fuel. And we're live! Oh, guys, I am excited about today because this is the episode for you gorgeous women in science and technology, the nerdy gals like moi, right? Um, where we are going to learn from an expert how to excel and ascend as women of color in this beautiful STEM world. So today I get to introduce you to Dr. Natasha Anderson or Dr. Tasha. Hey. Hey, because she is the official nerdy stem queen love it love it hey so natasha you know the people listening to this episode and listening to the rocket fuel podcast they are people that just love to excel in everything right live life business on level 11 but uh, we find a lot of people listen because they love to hear like what other people are doing so can you explain first what is stem for those Ooh. of you that may not know so Really good question. A lot of people think it's just this an acronym for these four distinct careers, science, technology, engineering, and math. However, it is literally the combination and conglomeration of the four together that makes STEM STEM. Ooh. So technology wouldn't necessarily be the same without engineering or math or a little bit of science. Science, is, it, it includes these days, it includes technology and math. Same with engineering. So they exist together, which mm. is how they how it is in the natural world. So STEM is not necessarily these acronyms. It is their relationship with each other and how they are interplay. They interplay with each other. That's STEM. Interesting. I didn't even know that. I had no idea. So it's not even women. I mean, I, I was in the pharmaceutical industry and I have a doctor in pharmacy or whatever. So I consider myself someone who had a profession in, in STEM. Right. And yeah. I wasn't even thinking of it because I was thinking of it as like, oh, what falls under science, technology, engineering? And I'm like, well, actually, what I did was a lot of the things Yep. together. So you explained you all of them and in yeah. some way, shape or form, you probably were involved or had some kind of inner relationship with all of them. But we tend to sort of think of biology as biology. It's science. But there's so much technology and so much mathematics. And these days, even engineering involved in the life cycle of a biologist. So we can't it's they're intertwined. There's no getting away from it. Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting is you serve these women, specifically women of color, that are STEM professionals, which is amazing because your mission is to really help them excel, right? Excel and become leaders in, in this field. So tell me a little bit more about your background and how you got to this point. So I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. So I know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know of what I speak. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm coming at it from many different standpoints. Experience is one. Um, education is another. Things that I just know that work, right? So um, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, was a mechanical engineer for 10 years. So I did the thing, right? I mm. ascended, I, I started at, literally started at the bottom and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, but I also educated myself along the way. And I don't necessarily always mean that in a formal educational sense. I mean, okay, I experienced this thing what did that mean? What things did I learn from it? How could I have done that better? What what were the lessons learned from it? And then, of course, I do have the education to back it all up. So yeah, things. The, my experiences are stellar, and they matter, and they they have informed my work for the rest of. They will inform and have informed my work for the rest of my life. So it's good. yeah, well, it's interesting because inherently, as women in this space, I mean, or as people in this space first, right? I think you could utilize those analytics and mesh it with curiosity and really problem solve through not only like what you're tactically doing, but your experiences as professional. What were some of the things that that you experienced as you were kind of ascending as, as a mechanical engineer? What were some of the things that you started experiencing that you felt like, shit, I need to help other people <laughs> with this. This is, this is hard, right? So yeah. tell me about those. Well, it, a lot of my experiences are formed around being a woman and then others are around being black and a woman. So, mm-hmm. um, and so even when I was in college, I was almost always the only um, woman in a class. And second to that was, I was, you know, I, there was, other minorities, but I was the only woman or I was both. So I had the double whammy, as we used to say, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that experience is meant that you were picked last for group project because people didn't trust you or she doesn't know what she's talking about. And she definitely doesn't know what she's talking about. She's minority. They underestimated your abilities. You were, your ideas were downplayed or rejected altogether. It was a really... In the grand scheme of things, I had friends, of course, but it was kind of lonely going to class each day and having to confront that over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that translated into what it was like being in industry, being the mechanical engineer of record on projects and then having the project lead a um, totally dismiss your idea, really you know, not invite you to meetings, mm-hmm. having the client, I had one client who thought I was the administrative assistant and threw his notebook at me and said, okay, she'll take notes. Didn't even even look at me. um, Just assumed that was the only reason that I had, I I could be in the room was to take notes for all of the other people. Mm -hmm. And so, so those experiences, you know, led me to say, this is for the birds. But when I left, that's a nice way of saying it. (laughs) You know, know, it's like when I left, it wasn't because I was like, oh, I hate this job or I'm not good at this job. It's like, no, no, I need more of me here so that this becomes normal and people stop doing this. Right. You like this is not this is not how business should be done by anyone. Right. So if I'm in the space, you need to at least give me the blanket respect of knowing that I'm supposed to be in the room, right? So mm-hmm. and so in my mind, what made the most sense was there needs to be more of us here. 
Yes. Yes. Normalize seeing my brown face and whether that's male or female so Mm -hmm. that you know that, hey, we got the chops, we got the skills, we can do the thing Mm -hmm. because we're here. So that's that's my motivation. I want to unpack so much of that before. I mean, I have, you know, questions packed in as well, but I want to sit on this topic because this is really important for all of us and for all of the listeners to really appreciate. So for example, in the beginning, I had mentioned and empathized and say, yeah, women of color and included myself because I'm a Latina, right? But <laughs> it's a big difference because I, and I have mentioned this many times on my private Facebook page and with my friends, it's a very different experience being able to pass as not a woman of color, right? Mm. So I want to acknowledge that in the sense that I could hide, right? I just had to not behave in a certain way so that people didn't recognize like, ah, whatever. Now I had the single, the single whammy, like the woman, I couldn't, I couldn't hide my movies, right? (laughs) I couldn't hide, especially I was like, I am well endowed, right? So couldn't hide that. And that was a whole other issue. Uh, It's like, you know, I was born this way. I can't help it. But so can't hide the women, woman part, but the woman of color part was a cultural thing for me that necessarily wasn't showing on my face. But I want to acknowledge what you're saying, having that double whammy where I have had people still refer to me just being the woman, assuming that I was going to be the one taking the notes or I was just the the lower person on the scale and the rung of people that were there. But right. then add the double whammy. I want people to be aware of that experience. Yeah. That's really important. I mean, you you are clearly, you're advocating to have more of those women in the room, which is important. It, more of those women in the room. So it is normal, right? It's But it's normal for women in general to, especially in engineering, you're still a minority. If that's going to be a minority for a while and we're trying to get more women in the field yeah. to begin with. But this process, this journey of trying to normalize that is going to take a long time. So what we can do today is acknowledge that when we get in those situations, assume everybody deserves to be in the room, first of all, and understand that and stop making those prejudgments. I mean, it's just a declaration and ask to say that if you're listening to this, you know, we're going to go on to talk more about how you support these women and support more of these women to be in the room. But then there's also the skill set of navigating that experience while you are still the only one in the room. Yeah. Yes. To all of that. I mean, I think um, you're so right when you say that this is a long-term goal, right? Mm -hmm. This is not something that we're going to wake up tomorrow and there will be, the playing field will be level and equal. For women, first of all, in STEM and engineering in particular, because that's the mm-hmm. one place, engineering and technology are the two places, engineering with the lowest rate of women um, than, and all of them. So, all of them. so there's a, quite a bit of work to do there. Um, but then when you put uh, the race or race or ethnicity in front of, of women, the numbers are even lower. And they're right. almost, it's like dismal numbers. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, and for me, it's always, it's never been a matter of skill, right? It's always been a matter of 
exposure and I always say sustained effort over time. So making sure that these women, these girls have have great experiences that lead to uh, that pop of interest and then having more experiences over time that lead them to go into the careers and then having experiences that help them grow their career while they're in it instead right. of saying, I'm out. Right. And being able to feel empowered and powerful enough to to say I deserve to be here, but also recognizing that by choosing to be there, they also have the ability to carry the flag and, and change the dynamics, right? And so what we're asking of women today in STEM and women of color is to recognize, wow, you're paving your own journey and you have your own struggles, but guess what? Every single thing that you do today is going to make it easier for somebody tomorrow, right? Yep. And that is, it could be perceived to be a huge burden or really powerful position. And for you, allow women to feel the power of the glory of being in, in that position. And I love that. I love it. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. So I think what you said is so powerful and so true. What I want women of color to know uh, and to walk away, women in general, but women of color in specifically, mm -hmm. is that your story is your story. Um, your the thing, your experiences, your you know the do's and the don'ts, the lessons learned, all of those things, they're yours. They're uniquely yours. And I don't want you to take on the any type of pressure or feel like this is a burden that you have to uplift and do all those things because your experience is your experience and no one else is going to experience it just the way you did. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. But what I will implore you to do is to share as much of your experiences as you are willing because it can and they do help others. Yes. So that's the thing. Don't keep it to yourself because what happens is, is like history gets buried. Folks forget or folks don't know. They're walking in. They're walking in your shadow. They're walking in the same path that you took. And there might be some little piece of your story that can be inspirational. That could be a step one for somebody else or even a thing to not do mm. for somebody else. And so I would just implore you to really tell your story, get it out there in the universe so that other people, the people that are watching you or the people who come to know you, because there are people who know your name and you don't even know they know your name. Mm -hmm. Just tell your story and make sure that you are leaving those little nuggets to be followed, to be swallowed up, to be taken. And so that's the plea. And in the meanwhile, there's, we're going to talk about some other things you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me your thoughts on this process of helping people be able to tell their story. So it gets very frustrating when you're consistently experiencing either, you know, on the higher level injustice or being yeah. mistreated or just always being treated a little different and it's yeah. every day right sometimes it's not this like humongous thing where somebody was like slanderous and like said some absurd right. thing like in the middle of a meet i mean and believe me there have been <laughs> things like that we all know right but sometimes it's just those little things every day it's like chipping away chipping away chipping, chipping away um i i think of even i think a lot about how i 
allowed and enabled a lot of Latina jokes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because it was my way of feeling integrated, right? Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, I'm gonna laugh at the jokes because, yeah, you know, this is like the camaraderie or whatever. And I do reflect back on, could I have done some of those things differently because all those, those people were not intending to hurt me. I allowed there to be a differentiation that shouldn't have even been on the table. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It just, just shouldn't have even, even been there. And then I think back at little things of like people kidding around being like, oh, Wanda or Dr. Wanda, right? And I'm thinking, you know what? If it was a guy, they wouldn't say, like, it just wouldn't even be a thing like, oh, let's play around. I forgot your doctor, Wanda. And I'm like, yeah. uh, so I would laugh because that's the stuff that we're used to oh. navigating around, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the reason why I'm sharing this is because there may be listeners who lovingly, lovingly say these things to their women colleagues, to their Latina, to their women of color uh, colleagues, yeah. right? And, yeah. and we're not saying that you're saying it in a mean way. We're just saying like, why is it even part of the thing? Like, let's, let's get to, like, we want to come to work and do our thing and, and make an impact and be as fabulous as maybe we use Everybody. fabulous, you know, right. <laughs> you know, so two things here, this is really good. And I'm really glad we're going here. One is, is let's establish that women in general have been taught to be accommodating, keep other people happy, sort of knock down, you know, like, let's just keep it moving, right? And for women of color, this has been ingrained in us from very young, right? We want to knock down the discomfort of other people, um, right. whether that's our parents, whether that's Caucasian folks, you know, we don't want to be the cause the, of the scene, right? Of the accident, right? right? Yep. We don't want to know. That's not who. That's not who we've been raised to be. Um, and so, what that does for us is, when in those instances when they're telling, you know, jokes, or again, they were doing the thing that I've had happen to me. Also, is like, oh, are you doctor? It took a little while for me to be like, yes, that I am. I'm Doctor Natasha yeah. Anderson, right? I earned every single letter in it. And, I, you I know, know, that's that on that. Right. Yeah. And so but we have been it's kind of that's the thing that we have to unlearn and take what's due and show up in spaces and in ways that empower us. So the minute we let someone say tell a joke that sort of downplays who we are innately. So, you know, you're Latina and I am African-American. I'm black. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so somebody was just like, oh, you know, well, that's but it's not you. I'm not I wasn't talking specifically to you. Right. So it's up to us to say, hey, yo, that's it's not that's not cool. I know you meant no harm, but that's not it's not cool. Yeah. So we have to be we have to be in the business of letting other people know that's no longer going to fly. And yeah. so have them decide to adjust. And that, I think, is a reasonable expectation, especially if we're there are going to be more of us in spaces. That's going to happen. It's going to happen whether it's you who does it or somebody else who does it. So it's about empowering ourselves, but other but also letting other people know this, there's a, you tell people how to treat you. And there's a bottom line to that. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is going to go right into to that as well. So when we think about, you know, how we decide to allow other people to treat us and interact with us and I, and what I want to clarify here for my male and female listeners, we're not talking about like revolution. We're going to, you know, we're going to like take control of that meeting and let people know what we do. It's not about that because inherently, and then inherently, like you said, we don't want to mix it up. Don't just don't even want to be the point of attention. Right. So it's like, there's always this like struggle of figuring, well, how do you gently say the thing without being like, Oh, well now you just made it a thing. It's like, well, by you saying it, you made it a a thing. right? Right. But then you take STEM professionals, which in that whole world, the emotional interaction is very different, right? It is. They're, like it, there's definitely more of a logic, even keel sort of way of communicating. So if you get riled up, it's even more drama, right? Because right. people don't get riled up, period. It's not like you're working with a bunch of like, you know, marketers and salespeople where we're like, whoa, 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 right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's different. So in general, because you provided this really awesome resource for the amazing women of color that are listening, right, that are in that are STEM professionals, it kind of starts with managing up like managing, most importantly, your relationship with your boss, right, because that is where your future lies, right. And of course, managing around the you know, we talked a a lot about like the team interaction and what happens in a meeting or whatever. But when you're talking about succeeding and ascending within a profession, most importantly, is making sure that you have that good relationship with your manager with your boss, and that even though all of these other discomforts, like they're percolating. And this is my concern is like, when we let things percolate, then all of a sudden, that's when the big like drama thing, right? And so you put together this amazing resource, uh, three tips on how to manage up. They're just super powerful. And I know that you have a lot more to provide (laughs) here. But I like that you kept this succinct, because part of the objective of these catchwords and these resources, we we ask our our, um, our guests and experts to provide is we want them to be able to be actionable very, very quickly. And then you could get into it more if you want. But it's the things that you really need to know to get ahead as a STEM professional to make sure that you own how you are communicated to and treated um, and that you actually feel empowered and don't feel like you're just being kind of pushed through this process. So before we get into what this piece talks about, I invite the audience to please text RF for rocket fuel dash power P O W E R. I love it to four one one three two one to receive instantly this guide uh, these three tips on how to manage up uh, specifically for STEM professionals and women of color. Right. And um, and you'll be able to access other resources for those women of color that are really seeking to excel as STEM professionals. That's if you're in the U.S., you're, the number is four one one three two one. The message is RF dash P-O-W-E-R. Power, power, power. Right. And of course, we're going to ask for your email address. Now, if you are listening internationally, you get to get this resource too, um, you're just going to text to plus one nine zero nine seven four one one three two one. All of this will be in the show notes, but plus one nine zero nine seven four one one three two one. Don't wait to do it. The message is going to be RF dash power. And don't forget to provide your email address because voila, you will get it 
instantly. So tell me a little bit more about your rationale in, in picking this piece is picking it like one of the first things that people can start start to do to make a change. Oh, thank you. And I love this. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that this is one area where I think women of color, um, STEM professionals, especially women who are in STEM, right? Let's just, you know, we start there. Yeah, it's like, right. So, we, you know, we, we do the funnel. So like start mm-hmm. broad, get, get specific. But I really think that this is an area where we need to learn how to excel, how to manage our boss, right? So we have these experiences. He or she may have said something that was untowards. They may be overloading us with work. We haven't set boundaries. So there's all of these things that that are clouding our work experience. And again, it's not the skill level. It's not the talent. It's not the technical, blah, blah, blah. It's the other stuff that has us leaving this industry, STEM in general, in droves, right? Yeah. So part of this is, is giving us or learning the skills that we need to master this portion of the business, right? So if you learn how to manage up um, and you can navigate that space as long as keep your technical skills up, it's wide open for you. It Mm -hmm. is wide open for you while we work on the other stuff, right? Because we still, there's still other work to be done. So that's why I put this together. I've just seen it so many times, have experienced it myself, have learned uh, from my mentors, from you know those people who were watching that I didn't even knew, know that they knew my name. They pull me off to the side and say, hey, let me, let me give you a little bit of advice. And I'm like, oh, check mark, got this. I can do this, right? Yes. Those, those of us who haven't, who don't or haven't navigated that space yet, these three tips this- are going to help you. So I'm going to tell you, this is golden stuff, okay? Because I have firsthand experienced the frustration of feeling like, I don't understand, like, why are things working for them? Why is so-and-so getting a promotion or he's being considered for this and that? And I'm not. And so this whole concept of managing up, by the way, this isn't like a sneaky, like, well, women have to figure it out or women of color have to figure it out, first of all. Managing up is a thing that leaders learn to do, right? I think it's a greater challenge, though, for women and for women of color because of what you mentioned before, where we don't want to mix things. We don't want to, like, create waves, right? right? So inherently, it's difficult for us to communicate because we feel like if we communicate it, then it winds up being, like, a thing, right? Like, oh, the Latin woman got like all fired up because she got all upset about this and that or whatever. Right. So when I was reading this, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I wish I had somebody tell me these things before because I just felt like people are against me. My inherent feeling was like, this clearly isn't, isn't for me. It's because I'm a woman. They're not listening to me, whatever. Right. So I think we need to be aware that these skills are skills to be had. And yes, our perspective maybe makes it a little bit more of a challenge. But once I became aware, huge one boss that I had, um, I was so overwhelmed. And this was one of the things that, that you had mentioned. I was so overwhelmed. I was literally working 60, 70 hours a week. Right. And I had to tell him that I couldn't do all the things anymore. But I had gotten to the point I was I allowed it to happen for so long that when I communicated, I was angry. I had tears in my eyes. I was just like, this can't be done. And then I had this like anger of like, why are you putting this on me? Like all of these things. And what I realized is he said, 
okay, well, tell me what you can do in 40 hours. Um, I need you to prioritize those things and just make me aware of those things that you can't do because they don't fit on the list. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, what, 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 what do you mean? Because I was like trying to do all the things and I felt like he was like, well, the thing is, I don't know how fast it takes for you to right. do this or or how long it takes for you to do this. So what you need to do is manage me and let me know like, okay, well, you just added something on my list. What should fall off the list? Right. And I was like, <laughs> like brain blown, like, oh my gosh, I could do this. So I love that you talk about like, just how do you communicate all of these things effectively? Because what you specifically mentioned here is that the leader appreciates that. Like my boss appreciated that I mentioned these things. And then he said, all right, well, let's deal with the situation. And it allowed him to feel like he was a better boss instead of me like crying. Right. So for me, it's all about the creation of boundaries, right? Mm. So we all have them. And it's a matter of us just saying, listen, this is a line for me. I have to leave by five. I can only give you X, Y, Z, whatever the boundary is. It's up to you to tell Again, going back to you tell people how to treat you. Yeah. So this is, this is that in a work sense. So I've been working 60 hours for the past couple of weeks. I need to take flex time or I can't continue down that road before it gets to a point where you're burnt out, you're sad, you're angry, you're snapping at folks. People are like, she's the angry black woman. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> all of those things. And without realizing that there's been there's been a pile on of things, right? Some of it of your own making because yes. you you felt like you didn't have a voice in your own career pathway or what you did. And so if you establish, the key is if you can to establish these boundaries at the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. so, so your boss already knows these are the things, these are the places, right? And if, of course, some boundaries appear because life happens and things change. So then it's it's up to you to say, hey, that was acceptable before, but now my situation is different. Now here's the boundary. Yeah. And have him or her, whatever the response is going to be, but it's up to you to do that work because yeah. they don't know. They feel like you can do the thing. So they'll keep giving you and they'll keep doing it at the last minute. They'll keep calling you on Saturday that unless you say, hey, this is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. What I also want to throw out there is that it it's different in the sense that males establish these boundaries in a very matter of fact way. It's not right. like I need to hold on to my boundary. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, right. by the way, you know, I leave because I, I coach my kids things. So I have to leave by five and I do it. And it's just is what it is. So right. this is my personal little like tidbit to consider because I feel like I had to reflect upon it that because it's difficult for me as a woman to establish these boundaries, I already have this like fighter like vibe to me when I'm communicating my boundaries. Like, look, I, I can't, I can't work after five. Like I need to do these things. Right. It's like, well, it's all right. But like, I may start off with like just this energy of like, yeah. I need to put my foot down when they weren't even 
trying to out of the bound as well right so i think it's it's interesting to just be aware of like what may be driving because if we're anxious about communicating right we might actually have a different vibe of how we communicate it but all these things are not unique to women in in having to communicate right it's just how how we communicate it and the struggle that we have in bringing it and up. i would actually really i would say that women unfortunately still don't even think of them right as options oh right <laughs> as yeah. options the thought of managing up is not an option and for a lot of women this is my boss i'm gonna do things that he or she says you know this is the way we are rule keepers right we keep the rules we don't make waves as we said you know so he or she is the boss this is what we do and, and so the thought that we would have to manage another person is not something that we do, yes. right? It's not a thought. So it has to be now, or at least I, I really feel like it's a really good thing to have this thought like, oh, okay, she's somebody I'm going to have to manage, right? Yeah. This, is, this situation is, it has presented itself where I'm going to have to, again, tell him how to treat me. And yeah. that is how this is going to play itself out. And it's, yeah. it's up to us to recognize it instead of doing the thing we always do, which is sort of turn ourselves into pretzel pieces <laughs> to, to be accommodating. Yeah, yeah. And I would actually say that every single manager needs to be managed. It isn't don't wait for the problem to arise because the activity is an, a re, it starts with a reflection of what you want to get out of right. the experience. Right. right. And you men, mentioned this in this piece that, I mean, guys, this resource is great. If you, my mission is to say, if you are the one woman, hopefully <laughs> there's more one, but as, even if there's one of you ladies out there, women of color, it, a STEM professional, you are looking to ascend. You are looking to learn how to, how to play this game how to support other women in successfully playing the game, right? You need to request this resource. There's no question about it. It's fantastically um, written. It's just like the tip of the iceberg, right? But it just shows you how Dr. Tasha really supports the women in her community, her clients. So please text RF-POWER to 411321 right now. I need you to, re I'll pause. <laughs> Pull up that phone, 411-321. The message is RF-POWER, and you'll receive these three tips on how to manage up. I keep on like waving this PDF um, in front of people for those of you watching on video, right? And remember, if you are international, we love you too. Plus one, 909-741-1321 is the number. The message is RF-POWER. We could go on and on. Dr. Tosh, I know it. We're already like way past time. I'm going to get yelled at. But what is your final uh, message to these wonderful women in the audience that you could support? Okay. So the bottom line for this is, is that A, to be true to yourself, mm. but, you all, but to remember that you tell people how to treat you. You have the power. You need to use it. Yes, absolutely. So tell us where else, obviously, people can text uh, RF-POWER to get your wonderful piece, but where else can um, can they find you? Oh, okay. So I'm all over social media. On Twitter, it's Dr. Tasha Levin. Instagram, it's the Nerdy STEM Queen. 
<laughs> LinkedIn, you can find me at Dr. Tasha. Uh, I have a website, drtasha.com. Find all of the lovely things that I'm doing and have done in any of those places. If you want to hit me up, um, please, please do. I would love to get your feedback on the document. And don't forget yeah. to get your free copy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And the thing is, what I want to thank you as well, I didn't mention this, is when people text, they actually have the opportunity to access your calendar, which is really fantastic and just very giving of you to be able to to allow people just to get in on your calendar and talk about what their current struggles are. And maybe we could figure out how you can support them along their, their journey. So guys, you need to text RF-POWER. And I want to clarify, it's Dr. Tasha, T-O-S-H-I-A. All right. Thank you so much. And guys, I hope you guys have a rocking day. Bye now. Bye. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Look, every one of our episodes is boosted by a value-packed keyword called a catchword. Yeah. This allows our audiences to text to receive even more value from our guests. So take advantage of that great value. And if you share your expertise by guesting on podcasts or TV or speaking in front of live or digital audiences, then you're leaving anonymous fans behind. So go get a catchword at catchwords.com, K-E-T-C-H words.com and use podcast 20 as a promo code for 20% off your setup fee. Look, make sure to rate, review and subscribe to the Rocket Fuel podcast so you never miss your jolt of Rocket Fuel. Until next time, adios.